And today what I, what I want to do is I, I want to share with you a message I've titled, Life is Connected. Life is Connected. And, and this principle that I'm going to teach you today has revolutionized my life as much as any other principle I've ever learned. Matter of fact, I would rank this principle up as a top five principle. It just really impacted my life when I understood this principle, this law, and began to operate by it. I want to share this with you today. Life is connected. And here's the premise is, is people live life disconnected. In other words, people make decisions today without thinking about tomorrow. It's as though people don't realize that life is connected. Or or another thing could be this. People may realize it and don't care (laughs) that life is connected. You see, what you do today will affect your tomorrow because life is connected. What you did 10 years ago can impact your life today. Some of us are aware of a decision 10 years ago that is still impacting our life today because life is connected. We have to understand this principle. Life is connected. On Thanksgiving, if you eat 10,000 calories and the next day, because how many know the best thing about Thanksgiving is the leftovers? Come on, somebody. Come on now. Ah, the leftovers. And if the next day you have leftovers and you eat 10,000 calories, and then how many know the the next best thing about leftovers is the leftovers after the leftovers? How many know what I'm talking about? Yes. Warm up that gravy again. You know what I'm saying? And if you eat 10,000 calories the next day and the next day, I just want you to know that's going to impact your future. As good as that food is, life is connected. Students, students, you finish high school, it will impact your future. Right now it may seem tedious, it may seem like a pain, but you pay the price and finish your high school education, Understand? it will impact your future because life is connected. You go on to college and you get your college education and and perhaps you go and further education and you get your master's degree, your doctorate's degree. It may seem painful. It may seem like a lot of work or like a lot of effort. You may not understand. I don't know how this is going to work out, but understand you finishing your education, you furthering your education, it will have an impact on your future because life is connected. Please hear me. How you treat your boss at work will impact your future. You go to work being a jerk. You go to work having a bad attitude. You go to work not submitting to authority. It will impact your future. Now promotion comes up two years later. The boss don't want to promote you because look at your attitude. Look how you've been acting. You change jobs. You you need a resume because you're out job hunting and you're putting your resume together and you need your boss to give you a good reference. And you didn't realize at the time when you were being a jerk and you were having an attitude and you were being mean, you didn't realize that life is connected. You post those inappropriate pictures on Instagram. You post those inappropriate posts and pictures on Twitter, on Facebook, and you think you're being cute. You think you're being sexy. 
You think you got it going on. But what you don't understand, ma'am, what you don't understand, sir, is that life is connected. And what you do today will have impact on your future because life is connected. If you go to the mall this holiday season and Christmas time is coming and you charge $3,000 on your credit card to buy everybody Christmas gifts, I just want you to know 30 days later, MasterCard is sending you a bill. It may feel good at the moment, but life is connected. And how many know they don't want to just send a bill? They say, if you don't pay it in the next 30 days, we're going to slap some interest on it. Life is Connected. I want to help all my men out. Men, I love you. I'm a champion for men of God. I love men of God. Let me help you out, men. Men, how you treat your wife in the morning, how good you treat her in the morning will determine how good she treats you at night. Somebody just woke up at Midwest City. What? Did he just say? Yeah, my brother, you can't treat her bad and walk all over her and talk about her and, and, and abuse her and expect it to go well in your marriage and expect it to go well at night. No, because what you don't understand when you do that is that life is connected. How you invest in your kids today will determine your kids' future. You have to understand life is connected. That's why the Bible says in Proverbs 22 and verse number 6, train a child in the way they should go, and when they are old, they will not depart from it, because life is connected. And if you abuse your children, and you neglect your children, and you don't love your children, and then one day when they're grown, you wonder why they won't come over and spend Thanksgiving with you. And what you didn't understand is that life is connected. The principle in the Bible is called, this principle is called sowing and reaping. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 7 says this. I want to use it as a backdrop for today. And I'm going to hop all over the Bible today to unpack this powerful principle that has had a huge impact on my life. He says, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. People's Church, hear me today. All of you joining me online, hear me today. Midwest City, hear me today. This is a spiritual law. Just like there are physical laws in the universe like gravity. See, you can't see gravity, but it is an operation in our world today. And if you don't cooperate with the law of gravity, you will pay a high price. Like jump off the building. There's gravity. Whether you can see it or not, you can't. Splat. It's not going to turn out well for you if you don't realize there's a law called gravity. And God has established a law called whatever you sow, you will reap. Now, you can ignore the law, but like the law of gravity, you do it to your own detriment. There's a law, the law of sowing and reaping, or we could call it this, the law of the harvest. The Bible says this in Genesis chapter 8 and verse number 2. Let me just lay a quick foundation. It says, as long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night, notice this, will never cease. And we understand that. We understand when it comes to cold and heat that it's going to always be. As long as the, the, the earth is here, there's going to be cold and heat as long as the earth endures cold and heat. 
We understand there's going to be summer and winter. We get that. The summer and winter. We understand that there's day. Right now it's daytime in America, maybe another part of the world where you're watching is nighttime. But can I tell you, there's day and then there's nighttime. We understand that. We understand that law governing our earth. But what many people don't understand is this. There's seed time and harvest. And how long will it last? As long as the earth endures. There's this law called seed time and harvest. And since this law isn't going away, I think it's very important that we understand how it works. Let me share with you this law of the harvest, sowing and reaping. I want to give you four laws of sowing and reaping. Listen, church, life is connected. The first principle is this, and this law is you reap what you sow. You reap what you sow. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 7 Do not be deceived, the Bible says. God cannot be mocked. And now here's what I want to emphasize. I read this to you just a few moments ago. It says a man reaps what? Come on, everybody shout what? Notice that a man reaps what he sows. The law of the harvest, understand this, is not anything new. It's nothing new. There's nothing new about this law of the harvest. It was put back in motion thousands of years ago when God created the heavens and the earth. It was created... 6,000 plus years ago, you go, God established this law of sowing and reaping back in Genesis chapter number one. I want you to see this, the law of sowing and reaping. You reap what you sow, what you sow. Genesis chapter one and verse 11 says this, then God said, let the land produce vegetation, seed bearing plants and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it. Notice this, according to their various kinds. And it was so, the land produced vegetation, plants bearing seed according to their kinds. In other words, you reap what you sow, plant bearing seed according to their kinds, and trees bearing fruit with seed in it according to their kinds. And God saw it was good. Think about this. If God had not established this law, do you know what it would be like today on the earth? You would sow corn and reap a harvest of squash. How I many of they'll be frustrating? Like, man, I want, I want a good mess of green beans. Boy, I want some, I want some green beans. I want, to, I want to get me some green. And you sow some green bee seed, and then you get a watermelon harvest. And God says, hey, 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 you don't have to worry about this. Because when you plant, plant, plant or vegetation, you're going to reap according to their various kinds. God says, listen, you reap what you sow. I put the law into motion. You sow corn. You're going to reap corn. You sow squash, you're going to reap squash. You sow love, you're going to reap love. You sow kindness, you're going to reap kindness. You sow money, you're going to reap money. You sow friendship, you're going to reap friendship. You reap what? You sow. It's a law of the harvest. You reap what you sow. Jesus talks about this some in Matthew chapter 5 and verse number 7. He just bears out this principle. He says this, blessed are the merciful, blessed are those who sow mercy. Why? For they will be shown mercy. They will reap mercy because you reap what you sow. It's the law of the harvest. You have to understand this law. It's in motion today in our earth. Either you work with it or you work against it. Matthew chapter 6 and verse number 14 says, for if you forgive, you sow forgiveness, It says, for if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. You will reap forgiveness. But if you do not forgive men their sins, if you sow unforgiveness and bitterness and hatred and hatred, notice this, your Father 
not, will not forgive your sins. You reap unforgiveness. You, you reap what you sow. Matthew chapter 7 and verse number 1 says, Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. If you sow judgment, you'll reap judgment. And he goes on to say, And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. And now the Bible talks about this whole proportion concept. And I'm going to talk about pro- proportion in a, in a minute. You, with the measure you use when it comes to judgment, it will be measured to you. Here's what I want you to see. You reap what? You sow. Church, life is connected. I want you to see a second principle here, and that is you reap more than you sow. You reap more than you sow. Matthew chapter 13 and verse 8 says, Still other seed fell on good soil, soil where it produced a crop a hundred, sixty, or 30 times what was sown, you reap more than you sow. A seed was sown and it produced a crop of 160 or 30 times what was sown. And a farmer understands this law. You see, a farmer, they don't put seed in the ground and expect to get the same amount of seed back. No, the farmer understands when I sow, I have to reap more than I sow. That's the law of the harvest. Because if a farmer plants seed in the ground and does not reap more than he sows, then the farmer, can I tell you what happens? The farmer cannot make a living and pay his bills. And second of all, we won't have anything to eat. And so I'm so grateful that God established this law that you reap more than you sow. So the farmer sows seed in the ground, reaps more than he sows, able to eat himself, able to sell it off, pay bills, make a living, and then you and I can have a great Thanksgiving. Come on, I can't wait to eat my cream corn. My wife's going to whip up some cream corn, come on, with some extra cream cheese. Praise the Lord. I can't wait to eat her green bean casserole. Because of the law of the harvest, we have food to eat. There'll be vegetables to eat. There's enough for all of us because you reap more than you sow. And friends, whatever you sow, understand the law. Whatever you sow, good or bad, you're going to reap more than you sow. It's the law of the harvest. You sow peace, you're going to reap more then you sow, you're going to reap more peace. You, you sow being rude, being mean, being hateful. People, people, think, people think this. People think, I can be mean and rude, and it's going to turn out well for me. No, you, you don't understand the law of the harvest. You reap what? You sow, and you reap more than you sow. You sow forgiveness. Wow. Got a wonderful harvest of forgiveness heading your way. You sow hostility and chaos. How many of you know anybody? That just lives a chaotic life, just all the time, just chaos going on. Come on. How many are sitting by somebody like that? Come on, how many at home with somebody like that watching right now? Come on, don't, don't, don't do anything because it's just you and them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And you know what they think? I can be chaotic and cause chaos and raise Cain, and it's going to turn out great. But what you don't understand, sir, what you don't understand, ma'am, is the law of the harvest. You reap what you sow, and you reap more than you sow. And if you sow chaos, man, you're going to live a life of chaos and hostility. You reap more than you sow. I want you to understand a third thing about this principle. It will revolutionize your life when you understand this and begin to work this law. The third thing is you reap after you sow. You reap after you sow. If you went to a farm and you saw a farmer there, he was standing on 100 acres 
And he said, sir, what are you doing? He said, oh, man, I'm waiting on a big harvest. I'm praying, believing God. I know I'm going to get a big harvest. And you say, hey, sir, you must have sowed a lot of seed. No, I didn't sow seed. I'm going to sow once I, once I reap. <laughs> once I reap my harvest, then I'm going to sow a seed, and I'm believing for a big old harvest, and I'm going to sow a lot of seed. I mean, oh, that's crazy talk. I mean, if you met a farmer like that, you'd go, cuckoo, cuckoo. So, brother, you're off a little bit. <laughs> that's wrong. Because you don't understand the law of the harvest. You reap after you sow. And we understand that when we talk about the farmer, but many people don't understand that when it comes to their life. And they don't realize that life is connected and you reap after you sow because people say things like this. Well, I'll start loving my spouse when they love me. And when they love me the way that I want to be loved, then I'll love them. But you don't understand the law of the harvest. You reap after you sow. Well, you know, Pastor, when people are kind to me, if they're kind to me, once they're kind to me, I'll be kind to them. But until they're kind to me, I'm going to let them have a piece of my mind. And when they get kind to me, I'll be kind to them. But what you don't understand is the law of the harvest. You reap after you sow. You know, Pastor, I, I'm going to start that tithing thing. I heard, I heard you talk about this tithing thing and honoring God and even the 90-day tithe challenge. And Pastor, once I get a big old financial harvest... Then I'm going to sow, I'll start tithing. But you don't understand the law of the harvest. You reap after you sow. Pastor, you know what? I'm going to start being a friend to people. And, and once they're a friend to me, when they start caring for me and meet my needs and showing up in my hospital bed and loving on me, then I'm going to do the same for them. But until they do it to me, I'm not going to do it to them. I'm not going to be friendly until they're friendly. But you don't understand the law of the harvest. You reap after you sow. And friends, you see, sowing has to become a lifestyle, not an event, because you reap after you sow. And if you stop sowing, you stop reaping. Understand this principle. Not only do you reap after you sow, you reap in a different season than you sow. The farmer understands this. The farmer understands, I don't put corn seed in the ground today and expect a corn harvest tomorrow. That's not how the law of the harvest works. You, work, you reap after you sow, and you reap in a different season than you sow. And so many people don't understand this principle when it comes to their life. Pastor, I was nice to my husband last week, and that joker still hadn't changed. You reap in a different season than you sow. You reap in a different season than you sow. Well, I was friendly to a person last month, and I, I don't know. This principle's not working for me. It didn't, and I haven't seen anything. I was friendly the, 30 days ago. I was friendly. But you don't understand you reap in a different season than you sow. Uh, financially, people go, I started tithing last week, Pastor, and nothing. God hadn't blessed me. You reap in a different season. Now, it's the law of the harvest. No farmer puts seed in the ground and expects to harvest tomorrow. The law of the harvest says you reap after you sow in a different season than you sow. The law of the harvest. There's a fourth thing I want you to understand, understand about this principle. And it's changed my life. Changed my marriage, how I parent, how I treat people. Wow. Changed our giving. Changed the way we approach life. The law of the harvest. Number four is this. You reap in proportion to what you sow. 
in proportion to what you sow. We referenced it a minute ago when we talked about judgment, but this is just the principle in the scriptures. It's part of the law of the harvest. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 6 says this. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Now, now this scripture is referring to money. If you sow a little money, you'll reap a little money. If you sow a lot of money, you'll reap a lot of money. But understand that this principle applies to every area of life. It's the law of the harvest. If you sow a, a, a little corn, you're going to reap a little corn. If you sow a lot of corn, you're going to reap a lot of corn. If you sow a little love, you're going to reap a little love. If you sow a lot of love, you're going to reap a lot of love. If you sow a little kindness, you're going to reap a little kindness. If you sow a lot of kindness, you're going to reap a lot of kindness. If you sow a little meanness, you're going to reap a little meanness. You sow a lot of meanness, you're going to reap a lot of meanness. You reap in proportion to what you sow. It's the law of the harvest. Jesus said it like this in Luke chapter 6 and verse 38. This principle will revolutionize your life. Give and it will be given to you. You reap what you sow. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. For, notice this. For with the measure you use. Come on, everybody shout. Come on, even online, Midwest City. Everybody say with me, you. I want you to catch this. For with the measure you use. It will be measured to you. Please understand this. There's something I do not want you to miss is this. You determine the amount of your harvest by the amount of seed you sow. It says, for with the measure you use. See, a lot of people go through life blaming other people, go through life with excuses, and they don't really realize, they don't understand that you determine the amount of your harvest by the amount of seed you sow. I mean, it just makes sense. Two farmers have 100 acres of land. One farmer on his 100 acres of land, he sows corn on 50 acres of the land. The other farmer has his 100 acres of land, and he sows seed on all 100 acres of land, corn seed on all 100 acres. Harvest time comes, and the farmer who sowed on all 100 acres Obviously, he's going to have more of a harvest because he sowed more seed on all 100 acres. The farmer sowed 50 acres of his 100 acres. He didn't sow on all 100 acres. He sowed on 50 acres of it, and he reaped, he reaped a harvest in proportion to what he sowed on 50 acres. Now, he can get mad and go, why is God blessing him more? Well, I don't understand that. But you don't understand what you're, what you're missing is you determine the amount of your harvest by what you sow. You see, the law of the harvest says you reap in proportion to what you sow. Here's the question I want to give you today, People's Church. Here's the question. What kind of seed are you sowing? When it comes to your time, when it comes to your talent, when it comes to your treasure. You can ignore this law like the law of gravity, but the law is in motion. And you'll reap more than you sow. You'll reap what you sow. You'll reap after you sow, and you'll reap in proportion to what you sow. How are you sowing your time? The Bible says this about time in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 7 about sowing our time. Uh, it says, do not be misled. 
and you cannot mock the justice of God. I'm reading this now out of the New Living's translation. I read this verse out of the NIV a moment ago. It says this out of the New Living's translation. You will, you will always harvest what you plant. You will reap what you sow. He goes on to say, now, he gives us an example of what it looks like to reap what you sow when it comes to our time, when it comes to how we live our life. And it says, those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature, when you sow to the flesh, when you sow to sin, when you sow to the sinful nature, notice what it says, will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature, you sow to sin, you reap a, a, a sinful harvest of, of death and chaos in your life. And it goes on to say, but those who live to please the Spirit, those who sow into the Spirit, those who sow into spiritual things, those who, who sow into the kingdom of God, notice what it says, will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. You reap what you sow when it comes to your time. Please understand this. You can't spend your time living an immoral, loose, wild life and think you're going to reap a spiritual harvest. It won't work. But people think that I'm going to live like I want to live, do what I want to do, use my body the way I want to use it, put whatever I want to put in it, and I'm going to come to church on Sunday and God better bless me. No. No, you reap what you sow, and if you sow to the sinful nature, you're going to reap a harvest based on what you sowed. And understand, so, so key, not only when we sow to the sinful nature or sow to the Spirit, we're going to reap a harvest based on what we sowed in this life, but can I tell you how we spend our time affects us in eternity? There are rewards. There is a judgment day. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse number 10, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each of us may receive what is due us for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. You see, in eternity, we'll reap a harvest based on the seed we sowed here on earth. There is a judgment day. How we spend our time does matter. If we sow to the sinful nature, we're going to reap a harvest based on it. If we sow to the Spirit, we're going to reap a harvest based on it. How about our talent? Here's what the Bible says about sowing and reaping and in regards to blessing others, it says in Proverbs chapter 11 and verse 25, the generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. It's the law of the harvest. Here's the principle. When you sow your talents to serve, to minister, and bless others, you will be blessed in return because you reap what you sow. I think about the parable in Matthew 25 and Verse 15 through 28, it says that there were three men. They were all given talents. One gave, had five, was given five talents by the master. One was given two talents by the master. One was given one talent by the master. The other two men sowed their talents and produced a harvest. And it impacted their life and their eternity. You know what the Bible says about the third man? He had a talent, but the Bible says he hid it. He buried his talent and never used it. Never blessed anybody. Never leveraged it for good. And he suffered the consequences because of it. People search, what are you doing with your talents? Are you investing them in the kingdom of God? Are you investing them to bless others? Are you investing them to serve others? Jesus said, here's what Jesus is doing. Jesus said, I'm building my church. 
and the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. Are you using your talents to build the very thing that Jesus is building? Or do you find yourself burying your talent and hiding your talent? And what you do with your talents, how you sow your talents, won't just determine the harvest you receive in this life. But it will impact your eternity, even for the Christ follower. Because there are rewards in heaven based on how we use our time and our talents to further the kingdom of God. Then there's the area of the treasure. How are you sowing your treasure? The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 3 and verse number 9 and 10, honor God with everything you own. Give him the first and the best when we return the tithe. We return the tithe first. We don't pay all of our bills and give God what's left over. No, God, we seek first the kingdom of God. We give you the first and the best. We return the first 10% to God first. We do it first. The Bible goes on to say this, because you reap what you sow. Your barns will burst. Your wine vats will brim over. You reap what you sow. It says in Proverbs chapter 11 and verse 24, powerful verse of Scripture. It says, one man gives freely. One man sows, yet gains even more. You say, Pastor, that doesn't make any sense. I know. I don't get it. I do not understand how you put a little bitty, any teeny bitty seed in the ground. And that little seed, it, it will come up and produce a harvest of, of multiple, many corn, ears of corn from one little seed. Pastor, how does that work? I don't know. It's the law of the harvest. It's the law of the harvest. And the Bible says one man plants seed because this is the law in every area of life. He plants seed, he plants finances, and yet gains even more. How? That doesn't make sense to me. It's the law of the harvest. And another withholds unduly. He sows nothing. He withholds unduly. But comes to poverty, he reaps nothing. And actually goes backwards. Folks, man, I want us to grab this. It's changed my life. How you sow your time, your talents, and your treasure will impact your life here on earth and in eternity, even when it comes to our treasure. Here's what Jesus says about how your treasure, how you use it now will impact your eternity. Matthew 6 and verse 19, he says, don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Don't just take all your finances and consume them on cars and houses and clothes and food and toys and vacations. He says, man, don't store your treasure all here on earth. In verse 20, he says, store your treasures in heaven. Sow seed into the kingdom. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy, and thieves do not break in and steal. Here's what the Bible's teaching us. Friends, you can't take your treasure with you, but you can send it ahead. And what you do with your treasure here on earth, it not only impacts your harvest now, but it impacts your eternity in heaven, where your treasure is, where your heart will be also. There's a family in our church who has been impacted greatly by the law of the harvest. It's a very moving story because it involves one of their kids. And Tiffany and I have four precious kids that we deeply love. And so this story moves our heart. I want you to hear the Ellis' testimony of the law of the harvest. Check this out. We got pregnant with our first baby girl. And when she was born, we had a little bit of a surprise. She was born with a lower leg deformity. I can't even describe what that's like. 
knowing that there's something wrong with your baby. It was upsetting, but Kendall and I just felt a peace about it. There's a reason that she's like this, and it's gonna be to help people, to minister to people. So when my daughter was seven months old, she had her foot amputated. And when we went back four weeks later to get the cast off, her whole leg, like from the knee down, was completely black. So they had to check us into the hospital. We were down there in Shreveport, Louisiana for two months. And my husband's driving back and forth. We're using up a lot of gas. Prosthetic legs can cost anywhere from you know, ten dollars to $20,000. And in the first couple years, she'll have to have a new one every three to six months. I'd never in my life been a tither. And we went through Financial Peace University with our community group. That really got the ball rolling on our faithfully tithing. And I'm sitting there in the hospital and I am paying bills and it gets to that tithe. I was like, man, this could be a tank of gas for Kendall to come see us, you know? And I was like, man, this is kind of tempting. God, don't you know what I have coming up with my daughter? Like, I'm gonna have to provide for her. We need this money, I don't think you understand. Okay, it's God, he does understand. I was like, fine, I said I was gonna be obedient, you know, but you better show up. <laughs> when it came time for my daughter's amputation, I loved her surgeon. So I said, what type of cost are we looking at, you know, in the next six months, year, two years? And he said, well, you know, the prosthetic is completely free. And I was like, like 100% just free. How many? And he said, all of them that she gets until she's 18 is free. I was like, oh my gosh. Okay, okay, God showed up, fine. <laughs> he did it, I believe in him. You know, between the free prosthetics, what people gave to us, if we stopped tithing, if you gave us back all that money that we had tithed from the moment we started, and we stopped tithing and saved that, we couldn't pay for her prosthesis with that. And every time someone would come in, it would remind me, Kendall and I are being obedient to God and he's taking care of us. Wow, that's moving to my heart. The law of the harvest, one man gives freely, yet gains even more. And people search with our time, with our talent, with our treasure. How do we sow it? We reap what we sow. One of the most powerful principles, the word of God. Bless your life, bless your family, bless your future in every area when you understand the principle and you begin to live it out. I'm going to ask the ushers to uh, get ready in just a moment. Uh, we're going to collect the cards and um, our Dream Builders offering. And if you could grab a card out of the back of your seat pocket, if you didn't bring one with you filled out, would everybody grab a card? Just go ahead and grab one out of the back of a seat pocket. They're right there in a the seat back pocket. Just grab one. And I want us, even if you're not making a commitment, you can just pray over it. Maybe the Lord will speak to your heart about your time, your talent, your treasure. Those of you joining us online right now, you can participate. There's a link right now coming up online. And just click that link, and the Dream Builders card will come up online. And I realize some of you are snowed in and couldn't make it or around the world, and this is your church home online. And you can participate in this and just click on the card and their front side is the give us your name and information and then it's your time and talent. You're going to commit to attend the Northwest campus. Many of you are going to do that. Many of you joining us online, you're going to do that. 
attending that Northwest campus. We already have 88 families that have already committed. They haven't even collected the cards yet, and just preliminary commitments have already committed. Would you make that commitment to the Lord? And many are going to start serving in ministry. We've, we've had many already commit to serve in ministry. And would you make, would you make that commitment? I, I think there's around uh, 221 people that have already said uh, families are going to start serving in ministry, serving in ministry. Would you make that commitment to serve at Northwest location or to serve at Midwest City or Oklahoma City? Time and talent. And then let us know what area you want to serve in. In 2014, Pastor, you can count on me. I'm going to build God's kingdom. I'm going to sow my time and my talent to make a difference. On the back of the card is a treasure. And there are many that are going to commit to, to start tithing. And there's already been, before we've even got Commitment Sunday happening, there's already been 55 new families that are said, Pastor, I'm going to, we're going to start tithing. We're going to start trusting God. We're going to start honoring God. And I know many of you are going to join those families and begin to honor the Lord and sow seed into his kingdom. And then for many of us that are tithers, I'm a, my wife and I have been tithers for years Long before we started this church, we, we've been tithers, and we're committing to give over and above our tithe, and we've given a special offering, a very generous offering. Matter of fact, we, we tithe online. Ours is reoccurring. It's just set up online. It's automatically uh, taken out of our account every single month, and so I got online yesterday, and we gave a very generous gift online uh, to the Dream Builders to be a blessing to uh, the kingdom of God, to get the Northwest Campus done and to see more changed lives, and will you let us know that commitment that you're making? and what you're going to give and how you want to give it. And so we're making those commitments to honor the Lord. And if you're not prepared today, you can give your best offering next week or the following week so we can get the projects done and to see more changed lives. This principle will change your life. You reap what you sow. Begin to fill the card out. Let's pray. Father.